0: Hello friends and welcome to episode 986 of the Juicebox podcast. It is not episode 986. <clears throat> Hello friends and welcome to episode 985 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's episode features an anonymous female who's had type 1 diabetes for 25 years, diagnosed at age 8 in the late 90s. She's now an attorney. She's on today to talk about her life with type 1, but more specifically about how she grew up and the drugs and drinking that started in her life at a very early age. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician. Before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. I drink AG1 every morning and you could too. Use my link drinkag1.com forward slash juice box to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Would you like to save 40% off your entire order of sheets, joggers, towels, all the good comfy stuff that Cozy Earth has? Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 40% off of your entire order at CozyEarth.com. And you can get 10% off your first month of therapy at BetterHelp.com forward slash JUICEBOX. This episode of the JUICEBOX podcast is sponsored by Omnipod. Omnipod makes the Omnipod 5 and the Omnipod Dash. You can learn more about both. Get started today. And see the pump that my daughter has been wearing since she was four years old at omnipod.com forward slash The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1. Check out Touched by Type 1 on their Facebook page, Instagram, and at touchedbytype1.org. That website is where you're going to get tickets to see me speak at the next Touched by Type 1 event in September. Touchedbytype1.org. The tickets are free, but a lot of people have already signed up. It's going to be a huge crowd. We're going to have a great time. I'll be speaking a few times during the day, and so will Jenny. Touched by type1.org. Go get your tickets before they run out of chairs.
1: So I am a type 1 diabetic of 25 years. Uh, This month is actually my anniversary of being diagnosed with type 1 back in 1998. So that makes me... Thirty-three years old, and I am an attorney in the southeastern part of the country.
0: Did you say you it was twenty-five years ago?
1: Twenty-five years ago.
0: Wow, that seems mm-hmm. like such a long time when you say it like that. Uh, and you were eight years old.
1: Oh yeah, I, I had just turned eight the December prior, so about a month after Christmas.
0: Like a belated gift.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, <laughs> It was a great one.
0: I just yesterday put a bunch of likes on my birthday wishes on Facebook from seven months ago. Do you think those people will be confused when they turn their Facebook apps on?
1: <laughs> probably, but I love it. <laughs> I hope that um, I hope it starts to pop up on people's feeds.
0: Yeah, they're like I, I looked and I was like, wow, a lot of people wish me a happy birthday. And I never saw it, and then I felt bad about it and went through and read them all <laughs> and liked them. And then I thought they I'm. They probably gonna-
1: forgot that they even left a birthday. <laughs> Oh, there's so no doubt they've like, oh, forgotten. Like oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no doubt they've forgotten. Uh, but I I I as I was doing it, I'm like, why do I care about this? Like, why am I like I, I kept thinking like maybe they're going to later see that and go, why did he like that seven months later? What's wrong with him? <laughs> you know what I mean? So Right. Is yeah. he okay? For certain I think that's gonna happen. Uh are yeah. your One of two things is happening. You have external speakers that are still on. Mm -hmm. And if they are, turn them off.
1: Okay.
0: I'm hearing my voice through your microphone. How's that? I don't know. I'd have to talk first. (laughs) (laughs) Testing one, two, one, one, one. That's better. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So you are 33 years old. You are an attorney. Mm -hmm. And you've had diabetes for 25 years.
1: 25. That's right.
0: Okay. Why did you want to come on the podcast? I know, but why don't you share it with everybody?
1: So I um, was on Facebook. I'm a part of the, the Facebook group. And I saw an announcement looking for people to come on and do an After Dark episode. And I thought, well, now is my time to shine. I've got plenty of things that could fall under the, the umbrella of After Dark. Plenty of shenanigans I've gotten into in my twenty-five years of being diabetic. And also to say it all worked out. <laughs> um, you know, I'm here and I'm and I'm fine and um but not without, you know, some consequences and complications. But um
0: Well, we'll find I out just, about it. I appreciate you coming yeah. on and doing that. I actually yeah. the outpouring of of decency from people when i asked about that was really something like i i think at one point i was like i'm looking for somebody to talk about mental health impacts and stuff like that and instead of what i thought was going to happen which is maybe i'd get a person to talk about it i think i now have six episodes about this with six different people and oh wow a lot of people would say well what are you gonna do with all that i'm putting it out
1: yeah um, i think um, it's really helpful yeah. um, they've been incredibly helpful for me i know
0: good good so, you know, you you, you kind of ruined it at the end. You're not a natural storyteller. You're like, it all worked out because <laughs> you, you said you're oh, an attorney. Oh, so some means there people... could be plot
1: twists, you know. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> some knows?
0: people heard you're an attorney and they think, oh, God, it went terribly wrong. <laughs> 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 My uh,
1: parents would say otherwise. Come oh, on. <laughs> are they still paying for those loans tough. or did
0: they give them to you? <laughs> uh,
1: I think that they're just grateful that I'm not... <laughs>
0: prison i don't know <laughs> not in pre- really okay well let's find I don't out
1: know. maybe i'm being too hard on myself
0: no well i mean i can see your list here mm-hmm. let's talk about it for a minute so you okay, are di- I, you're I diagnosed really at eight wrote, but- well don't yeah. worry i'll bring it all up okay so Good. <laughs> you, you don't you're diagnosed when you're eight and right give me just a little bit about that because i feel like you're gonna have a lot of content so difficult easy don't remember it
1: it was in, i would i would say it was incredibly traumatic i hadn't really been able to describe it that way until i got into therapy to realize that the whole situation was a trauma um i was sick for most of my seventh year of life i got the flu and from the flu likely came the the diabetes so i just stayed sick i started wetting the bed again and throwing up and being very embarrassed about it, my parents kind of had an idea of what was possibly going on with me because my mom, bless her heart, is a retired registered nurse. And so I think that they had good intentions of trying to shield from me what they thought to be true. But essentially what happened is I was told I was going on a, a vacation, pack your bags. And we show up at a children's hospital and I didn't leave until a week later. And that was very confusing for me as an eight-year-old.
0: They told you it was a vacation?
1: Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's um, a misstep. I'm going to let you know right it, now. <laughs> it,
1: it was. It yeah. was. And, and um, you know, because, of course, when we got there and I realized it was a hospital I locked them out of the car and refused to get out and made a scene and was rushed finally back to the ER. They knew I was coming. My pediatrician had called and it was a whirlwind. Uh, you know, tubes in my arms, blood poke, all that. And just being told that I was type 1 diabetic. And the only context I had for that was Stacy from the Babysitters Club series. I knew that she <laughs> was type 1 diabetic. But in my mind, I thought that. I was never going to be able to leave the hospital again for the rest of my life that this was it. Really? Yeah.
0: You know, you're one of only a couple people who've ever brought up that book series. Really? Yeah. It's interesting. Like people talk about it a lot online, but never bring it up on the podcast. And I I always wonder if like, I, I, why that, I don't know. You just took me by surprise. You said that, Hey, I have this image in my head of the old door locks and cars where the, like the stem pulled up out of the door and you had to push them down. Did you like have to dive back and forth in the car and push down all the locks?
1: Yes. Yes. And my parents, they had a keyless entry on the car. And so it was just back and forth, back and forth until, (laughs) you know, they could finally just
0: beat you to a door
1: win that battle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They must've been like, why don't we just leave her in the car and go home? (laughs) Are you their only, are you an only child by any chance?
1: I'm not, I'm the baby though,
0: um, of three. Oh, well, then same idea. Like, I was thinking if you're the only child, they could be like, well, we could start over. But if you're right. like, if you're like the youngest <laughs> of three, they could be like, we well, have two that are perfectly functioning. Why don't we, why don't we just go? <laughs> if She wants to yeah. stay in the car, let her stay in the car. She'll figure it out. Right. Right. So, you had a real, so I know this is a hard thing to ask somebody to remember back 25 years when you were a child and everything, but did you have, yeah issues prior to the diagnosis, or do you really think this kicked you into a direction? When you get to omnipod.com forward slash juice box and scroll past this picture of this weird looking guy from the podcast, you're going to see some text that says, get started today. And you're able to choose two different paths. You click on check my coverage to find out if you're insurance is going to cover Omnipod and get started? Or do you click on, I'd like a free trial of Omnipod. I'm going to take that pod for a test drive. It's up to you. I don't care. Head to Omnipod.com forward slash box and give it a try. Scroll down, really read, read the whole site. You're going to see some stuff there that I think you're going to find very interesting. Very interesting. do. How about that the Omnipod is tubeless. You can wear it in the shower. In a lake, in the ocean, in your pool. You thought, that's not a big deal. Oh, but it is. Because every day you bathe and every other insulin pump's got to come off. Not the Omnipod. It goes right with you. That way you're always getting your insulin. And you don't have weird high blood sugars because you like disconnected and then forgot to put your pump back on. That's not going to happen with Omnipod. Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. My daughter has been wearing an Omnipod every day since she was four years old, and she's 19. That's 15 years, is it? 19 minus four. Yes, that's 15 years. That's a long time. Omnipod has been a friend through this whole thing. Absolutely amazing customer service, quality product. You get what you pay for. And actually, my insurance covers it pretty much completely, so that's not really an issue. Huh. Okay. I never thought of that. Hey, maybe your insurance will cover it too. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Go over there now and decide, do I want Omnipod Dash or do I want that Omnipod 5? Mm, what are you going to do? Links in the show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Omnipod and Touched by Type 1. Touchedbytype1.org. Don't forget to go get your tickets and check out what they're doing. Touched by Type 1 is my favorite organization that helps people with type 1 diabetes, and I think you're going to love what they're doing at touchedbytype1.org. Now let's get back and find out the answer to my question. What was my question? Issues prior to the diagnosis, or do you really think this kicked you into a direction?
1: I think I was predisposed in a lot of ways, just family history-wise, and uh, this was one of several things that just kind of Nature and nurture met very well together, and it was off to the races from there.
0: Gotcha. You got the wrong side of both of nature and nurture.
1: I did. I yeah. did.
0: Lucky, but... lucky. I'm sure you're very good at something else, like, for instance, technology.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. In fact, um, I've, I've been described as uh, quite a genius as far as that is concerned. Yeah,
0: by me eventually, one day, when I tell exactly. people that we've been recording for 10 minutes, but we've been on the phone for 30
1: minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think your your words were, and I quote, well, this is not the worst I've seen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there have been some bad ones. You did pretty well, actually, for somebody who turned okay. it on and it wasn't working the way they expected. It must be a panic. I've never asked before, but you're like, oh, my God, right? Like, this, it's not working.
1: Yes, yeah. and then I'm like, now I just look ridiculous and like i wasn't prepared and i as a type a person that drives me crazy to think that i've got everything under control
0: <laughs> so so the, the 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 pain was focused at you not at letting me down
1: yeah, yeah. Well, that's good.
0: By the way, I I don't know how I would have handled it yeah. if you were if you said something like, "Oh, I didn't want to mess up in front of you, Scott." I'd be like, "Oh God, I don't know what to." I never know what to say no. about stuff like that.
1: No, I I feel like, and I'm sure you hear this a lot, but over listening to your podcast and stuff, I I think I have enough of a sense of you to know that you really don't really. get. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was like, this is I don't have anything to do for like three hours. So I was like, whatever. This is okay. I was gonna talk to you yeah. and then have a drink. And then I'm, I'm interviewing the CEO of Tidepool at five o'clock. So um oh. yeah. And if people find that interesting, go back six months in the podcast and check it out.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, after after you're listening to this and you're the seventh person uh who talks about stuff like this in After Dark. So you kind of alluded to it a little bit. There's a little bit of family history. What what would that family history be?
1: Substance abuse, alcoholism specifically, mental illness, um, anxiety, depression, those sort of things.
0: Are you Irish? I'm sorry to just say it like that.
1: <laughs> no, that's a fair question. No, French,
0: actually. Okay. Still, that part of the world over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I'm trying to get backgrounds from people when they talk about their problems.
1: And and I think that that's an interesting way to go about it as well and kind of get those stats out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just some backgrounds that seem more susceptible to autoimmune stuff and other things. But interesting. Okay, so you grew up with alcoholism in the house?
1: Yes, and I don't know that I realized it, like recognized it as alcoholism. It was not like... sort of thing where I come home from school and, you know, dad's drunk again, mom's, you know, drunk again. It it was more of alcohol was just always present, always around. And it always looked like everybody was having a lot of fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And that was not the case at all.
0: Yeah. Did you fall into it yourself?
1: I did very early. I, when I was about 12 years old. And I don't even know what came over me, but I, my parents always kept the liquor cabinet stocked. And I came home from school one day and just thought, I'm going to see what that's all about. And, and so started drinking somewhat r- regularly hmm. for a 12, 13 year old after school. <laughs> I'm going to go with anytime
0: um, you do it twice in a row, that's regular. If you're 12, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. By the way, I used to watch <laughs> General Hospital after school with my mom, but this is a much—you were way ahead of me. <laughs> so, um, so, so you. Wow. I don't know. Like, part. But to be honest with you, I hadn't gotten up to the drinking part, like all that, on, in the list when I was kind of looking at it when we were first talking, and when you told me that your parents said you're going on vacation to the hospital, I thought they must have been high when they said that, uh, but. <laughs> Do you remember a bottle of vodka and a cigarette while she was saying it? We're going on vacation, honey. (laughs) She meant she's going on vacation because you're going to the hospital, I think. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) No. No. You know, that's kind of a common pattern in my family to this day is that people don't like to be honest and upfront about when stuff is really just not great. And Mm -hmm. we'll go above and beyond to keep it from people and shield themselves from having to, I don't know, maybe let somebody down or worry somebody when in turn it was much worse having no idea where I was going and what was happening. In fact, getting my hopes up and excited because it was a school day that I was diagnosed. I was like, hell yeah, I don't even have to go to school for the rest of the week, you know? And, And, not knowing that was pretty terrible.
0: Mm. I'm sorry, Catholic?
1: No, Episcopalian. No. Oh,
0: no. Listen, you're <laughs> just missing on all these. <laughs> like Irish and like. French.
1: It's a near mess though. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's
0: yeah I'm still right on there. the bullseye. I just didn't hit the little dot in the middle yet. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I the lady yesterday, I got so much of her life correct. I thought I was a soothsayer at one point. It's good for me to have to go again to have this happen. All right. <laughs> All right. It's
1: it's interesting too to hear what you think and you know just those assumptions because yeah, just having never met me before. So, I bring keep it keep it coming. All
0: right. That's fine. I just find there are some religious backgrounds that are very much about kind of protecting the, the visage, you know, make everything look good. Doesn't matter what's happening behind the door, as long as the door's nice and there's a brass knocker and all that stuff, like, we're good. Yeah. But that's also maybe human, too. You know, I might be sure. applying it to just all the Catholics I've ever met. Who knows? <laughs> and so you're drinking on the regular at 12?
1: At least weekly, yes.
0: What are you drinking? Um,
1: And I, whatever had enough in the bottle that when I put water back in it, they would probably not notice. And I really don't know where that behavior was modeled for me. I certainly picked it up somewhere. And I started to also, one of the more regrettable decisions I've made along the journey with diabetes is I took up a nice cigarette smoking habit at the age of 12 um, and really struggled to part with that all through my twenties and did not quit smoking successfully until a year ago.
0: How did you enjoy mixing your downers with your operas when you were twelve? Was it in figure? I mean what <laughs> were you like were you like the who's that guy that owned Playboy magazine? This is now how I picture you in a bathrobe like in the house Oh, with, Hugh Hefner. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I now picture you like Hugh Hefner with a scotch and a cigarette. You know, it's like four in the afternoon. You're watching Bugs Bunny. You like uh,
1: I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's been a long day. Been a I'm long day.
0: Homework. I got this diabetes yeah. to keep up with. Everyone's wrecked around me. I got problems. Did your um? <laughs> I was gonna say sisters. I don't know why you give me a vibe like you have sisters. But did your older um siblings drink too?
1: You know, probably not like I did, but I would say they have their own issues that overlap all three of us. Um, and, and so I've got an older sister and an older brother. Mm -hmm. So brother's the oldest by 10 years. My sister's five years older than me. So we're kind of spaced out.
0: Was it one of those situations where if they saw you or like smelled you and they're like, you smell like a cigarette that they were just like, she's in the club or would they tell somebody or if they told somebody, would nobody give a crap?
1: You mean my siblings?
0: Yeah. Like would they rat you out or would they think, well, would your siblings rat you out or would they think it was good?
1: My, my sister did, because we had this weird sister thing where we, like, I think we just hated each other when we were younger. We're super close now, but I think she felt like I took, a, especially, one, she's the middle child, right? And then, two, I'm the sick one, and I'm getting all the attention, and she already feels like she's not getting the attention that she needs, and she truly had her own struggles, and I was the one that, was getting the attention that I think she desperately wanted and needed.
0: Okay. This is strange, but hold on a second. Remember how I told you I was helping my, helping my son make cookies. He's in yeah. the grocery store <laughs> asking questions about an egg purchase right now.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious now. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> so he, he's, he's cheap and I've raised both of my children to be cheap. I'm very proud of this. No one will tell me I'm otherwise. IMG, yes. right. uh, Arden good. goes shopping. She picks up three things, puts two of them back. We'll like never. Very good. Yeah, we'll never buy everything in her hand. Um, and right now he's like, can I buy the grocery store brand of eggs? I can get 30 of them for $11. <laughs> but I mean, that's a lot of eggs. Yes. Hold on. That
1: is a lot of eggs. Is he going to use all of them?
0: Yeah, that's the question. By the way. Three weeks ago, he had never washed a dish before. Now he's got the day off from work, and he's like, "I'm going to make cookies." And then he's five minutes later, he's like at the grocery store, going, "Like, I don't have enough eggs." <laughs> I'm very <laughs> proud of him, actually, um, because I think if this was you, you'd be high as a kite by yourself on a Friday afternoon.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, you, these decisions like my impulse decisions like yeah i'm gonna make cookies instead of do what i need to be doing and all that but he, this sounds like a whole different situation yeah, he just wants cookies. hopefully he's sober i'm sure he is
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, neither of my kids uh actually nobody in the house drinks good but so here's the question mm-hmm. you said impulse just now like when you look back mm-hmm. on it were you trying to prove something because a 12 year old I think I agree with you, is mirroring, right? They're not like, at 12, you didn't say to yourself, I'm really uptight. You know what I think would cut into this? A little like vodka gimlet, maybe. So like, you know what I mean? Like, so you're just kind of mirroring and then it just becomes a habit. Like, because-
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know people get addicted to things at some point in life, but sometimes I think we just make a decision to do something and then we do it because Mm -hmm. we think that's what we do. Does that make yeah. sense to you.
1: Yeah it it does, and I think that it, you know, it took on a life of its own, and it it wasn't overnight where things got you know like really 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 bad. I mean, some some could argue that it's it's bad when that's what a twelve year old decided to do, but I think on a level that I didn't recognize watching my my parents is that it looked like it was working for them. And I felt so horrible in my skin that it was just like anything to get out of that feeling for just a minute. I'll, I'll try it. Yeah. I take it. Okay.
0: I take those points. I understand what you mean. Yeah. Didn't feel good in your skin. What does that mean?
1: Well, you know, that's already a difficult age, (laughs) you know, and um, there was a lot going on in my life at the time and and at home and without going into too much detail about this, but my father had gotten into some legal trouble that was very public and political. And so I had that middle school, diabetes, family just is kind of not falling apart, but everybody kind of goes their own separate ways and just deals with it the best that they can. My mom pretty much checked out for a few years and I get it. Um and so it was and I I got to hanging out with the bad kids, quote unquote. Well you had the booze. You I were probably
0: a... you were probably a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just have to stop you for a second. Like dad yeah. hauled away on the local news bed or Yeah. Really?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, don't have to was, tell uh, me, but federal... definitely tell me
0: when we're done. Okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. I
1: will. I will. Right. So, I can send you the articles.
0: A federal charge? Federal. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm gonna guess racketeering. Have to do with you, the don't, local... you don't have to tell me.
1: That he there were uh there was a civil suit or an alleging racketeering. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my favorite word. It's one of those things that sounds horrible and nobody knows what it means.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like tennis or something? Is that I'm like what is? is
0: <laughs> Isn't it like undue pressure or something like that? Or Am, am I going to have to look up racketeering? I'm not doing that right now. I have Usually to be honest. what
1: you associate it with.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, you broke up for a second. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> That's fine. Can you hear me okay? Yeah,
0: you get electronic sometimes. Like my voice comes back at me and then it doesn't. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not sure why.
1: Um. Well, I am the uh, technolo- technology expert. So I'll, you know, figure this out. I sure. can tell
0: by the way you pronounce the word so
1: techno tech
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay we're doing great oh no are you kidding me listen to where we're at so far (laughs) you're drinking and smoking at 12 your dad's been hauled away your mom's checked out you've had diabetes for four years and you're over here thinking i don't know if i'm a good guest i don't care if my voice echoes back three times this is a great story so um yeah i'm a
1: people pleaser (laughs) it can get me into trouble sometimes Are, are you really Oh yeah. 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 A a recovering people pleaser, I would say.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So does the, does the drinking go to drugs?
1: Oh yeah. And you know, just a lot of experimenting. I, I would say yes to just about anything, even though like I got to tell you, Scott, like I was so unassuming. No, like just my, my family and, and who I was, nobody would ever, ever, ever think that I was involved in something like that. I was very good at, at hiding that and keeping up a persona that would not maybe otherwise match what you would think someone, you know, you know what I'm getting at? Well, like
0: here, I know what you're just, I know what you look like and mm-hmm. it's a mind f- that this is how you are versus, yeah. how, versus what you physically look like. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. You look like the third best friend on a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. You're cute and you're pleasant and you're unassuming and you look like, you look like America. Like you really do. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's part of what's messing me up. I think if I could see you, it would be worse. I'd be like, this isn't real. Right. And it's stopping me. Knowing what you look like is stopping me from asking my next question, which of course I'm obviously going to ask right now. You're going to ask. After the ads. Did this go to sex at a young age?
1: No, it it really didn't. I I was kind of terrified about that sort of thing. I was so I had such low self-esteem. Uh I I it went more towards attention. I wanted attention from other guys, but not in like a sexual way.
0: Hmm. Uh, first of all, thank God <laughs> like finally something went right yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, like I was, I was very worried that the next thing you were going to say was then I started, you know, I, and I just, I'm, I'm happy to hear you didn't. Uh, but so you're doing those things. You're, you're, you said you're, um, how'd you put it? You're, um, experimenting, which I now in my mind, I I'm thinking of you lacing your weed with something, but I'm assuming you just tried a bunch of different stuff. And, I, I
1: did. Yeah.
0: And no one's pulling you out of this, right? Like you're kind of living on your own, but in your house.
1: Yeah. Nobody knows. I mean, my, at times my parents called on that, like something was going on with me. I'll never forget. I was probably about 14 and I had gotten home from school and I passed out. I probably took something. I don't even know what it was. I would go into my parents' medicine cabinets, drink on top of it. And I was Passed out and in bed, and my dad comes to get me because dinner's ready. And he's like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And so he he knew something was going on. They they both did, but I think everybody had their own stuff going on. That it was just kind of like, "Okay, we're gonna keep our eye on that." But I think they I think they thought I was smoking weed, which I had tried, but it was really a lot of. And this is still a young age, young age, but it was a lot of drinking their booze and them not knowing it.
0: And pills, like if that you would find around the house. Mhm. Yeah. And you were just taking them or yeah like, by mouth, right? Yes. Okay, we're not crushing anything and snorting it or anything like that.
1: Not yet. Not no. Yet.
0: Oh, we get <laughs> do we get to that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, after that that doesn't come until about 16.
0: Oh yeah, you want to wait. Spread it out. Yeah. Um yeah. How much of this? My mom
1: always said not to grow up too fast, yeah. <laughs>
0: Don't grow up too fast, honey. We'll <laughs> snort the ketamine later. So uh, <laughs> how much of this has to do with the diabetes and how much of it is just the hodgepodge that is your life?
1: I I think that at the time I didn't recognize how much of it was diabetes. I think that I've felt I've just wanted to feel like normal. Um I was wanting to fit in. I, I don't know. It, I think it just added to my depression, another, another layer. And, and despite that though, I was a wonderful diabetic. I, and I, I still think I am. And I, I don't want to put labels on it. Of good, bad, right. Or wrong. Um, Cause it's hard. Right. But I was keeping up all appearances and very involved in like JDRF and, um, the American diabetes association. And I mean, I just looked like I had it all going on on the outside.
0: Wow. That's fascinating. I didn't think you were going to say that. Like I thought when you were going to (laughs) say, I
1: bet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. When you
0: were talking about like holding it together, I thought you were going to say like my A1C was okay. And nobody really yelled at me or anything like that. But you're like, no, I was at those (laughs) JDRF functions in like a pretty dress. Like, and everybody was like, Hey, everyone look over here at she, isn't she great. And you're like waving while they're raising money. And then you're
1: right. Yeah. No, then exactly. you're reading the drink part. No, um, <laughs> you're yeah, you're, like,
0: you're yeah. like, let me help you clear this stuff off. I'll take these glasses to the kitchen for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. We, um, my mom and I, we, she did a marathon once. Um, her and I raised money. She put together a team and ran for raising money for the American Diabetes Association. And we, did a ton of work, sent out like brochures and did uh, fundraisers and stuff. And we raised $50,000, I think, for diabetes research and uh, were active and benefits with the JDRF and A1Cs were great. I was one of the first kids, honestly, that they put on an insulin pump because when I was diagnosed, there were, Insulin pump, you had it, it was rare and you don't. And hey, you so broke up there, there for a long you, earlier generation.
0: You broke up there for a long second. I'm sorry. You were one of the first piece, people they put on an insulin pump and give me the rest again.
1: Sure. So, you know, I was one of the part of the younger, like first young generation that started to go on insulin pumps because when I was diagnosed, even though insulin pumps were around, they were rare. And if you had one, you were an adult. And so as probably around 4th grade so this would have been 2000 or so or no i don't know i'm not going to do fast math in my head but i was diagnosed in 2nd grade by 4th grade i was on an insulin pump and worked really hard to keep my blood sugars i had f- fantastic doctors at a at a research hospital just really helping me and then i'm not going to go off on too much of a tangent we can get there when we get there but diabetes camp as well was a huge impact on my life and highly recommend it for anybody that has a kid with, with diabetes
0: what a juxtaposition you are so there's on one hand <laughs> you're completely not concerned with your health at all you're drinking taking drugs and smoking cigarettes but on the other hand you're, sure. taking, you're taking very good care of your blood sugar and making friendships through community <laughs> You sound like yeah, it, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you giggled because it's, it's silly. <laughs> it's like you do like, <laughs> because you just assume, yeah. and I don't know if this is just, you know, I don't know if this is me being ridiculous or not, but like those two things don't seem like they go together to me.
1: Yeah. I've, al- I've always been a, a chameleon and I'm really good. I can fit in with any, anybody. I can talk to anybody. And so, Yeah
0: can you see these people? Because there might be a world where you point them out to others and make money. Like it's between how you look physically and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's all doesn't, none of it, none of it jives, like nothing jives with anything. And that's how you got away with it. Are your parents similar? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. In their own way. Yeah. I would say so. We are all really good at putting up really really
0: pretty picture. Smart people? Yes, mm-hmm. I would say. Do you think, do you consider yourself like, I mean, do you drink anymore?
1: I do occasionally. I'm, and we can dive into that too, if you, if you want to, but i work with a therapist doing harm reduction and recovery for me has not looked like flat out sobriety, but it has been and I know this might be a little controversial and, and whatever, but harm reduction and that has worked well for me. It, mm-hmm. it really has.
0: Are you what they call California sober?
1: I've never heard of that. Oh, I think. Oh, it means, do I smoke weed? Is yeah, that what that I think is? it
0: means weed and drinking, but nothing else.
1: <laughs> I, I I call that the marijuana maintenance plan, but <laughs> but no, I I don't. I it just has never done anything good for me. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> you does, don't like weed. Um, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing I don't like. It makes me very paranoid.
0: What? What do? You, what did you like?
1: Cocaine, opioids at a certain point, and um, but my best friend is all oh ecstasy, and uh, any <laughs> but always.
0: Broke up again. Just it so you probably
1: know. just has to do with being able to get your hands on it. That's fine. What so was the last thing you heard?
0: You broke up again. I heard ecstasy, and then you were okay.
1: <laughs> Uh That's about it. Those were, were my favorite.
0: Were you just saying you liked whatever life. you could get your hands on?
1: Yeah, for the most part.
0: How long did that go? From what ages, and how the hell did you pay for it?
1: So, I, I don't know if this is common with other people or whatnot but so I actually I attended private school from sixth grade to until graduation and there were you know we were all the the squeaky queen clean kids so to speak but there's a lot of drugs and there's people that have money to get them and we're doing starting to do cocaine at 16 at you know like a bonfire field party it was I don't know how normal that experience is for other people, but that was, that was my experience. And, you know, it's also combined with the, with a small town, but it went on through once I got to college and that was mostly just the, the drinking and partying, but started to experiment with more like with harder drugs or psychedelics, stuff that would, probably have scared me when when i was younger i i don't know it was my 20s were kind of a spiral a little bit at times
0: yeah i mean that that checks out because you said i tried harder drugs after you said ecstasy cocaine and uh, you're like then i ramped it up a little bit you know scott really got it moving um uh acid yes okay um heroin
1: yes uh-huh accidentally once
0: <laughs> you know how it is when you do heroin by mistake
1: yeah i was 16 actually yeah yeah i and once I drank a regular coke
0: was... when i didn't mean to same thing
1: yeah <laughs> to hate that yeah you know yeah i was told it was opium and um <laughs> it was black tar heroin Fuck,
0: sorry <laughs> i don't know why that's funny <laughs> Right. No, it is. It
1: is. <laughs> it's me. You know, and you know, it's what's funny about that story. And, you know, I'd use, you know, not funny, funny, but it was my best me and my best friend at the time, um, who is also a type one diabetic. Right. If you're seeing a trend here, <laughs> we were she was living with me that summer at with my family and we would go and hang out, you know, have doc parties with some of other friends that were living there. and there was a guy there and was like, it's opium. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's fine. It smells good. And we both smoked it and were, yeah, it was after that that we were told that it was actually black tar heroin. And, um, yeah. Yeah, Scott, it's <laughs> not my fault. I,
0: I thought I was doing what? I It's not my fault, Scott. I was trying to do opium. <laughs> You can't blame me for doing heroin. It's, it's ridiculous.
1: It's a classic mistake. Oh my god!
0: You know how you hear people say uh, "tomato, tomato," like you know, like yeah, six oh one, half a dozen, opium. Yeah, you OPM, know, yeah. opium, heroin, whatever. Um, but no, I mean yeah. it. Put it, it. I laughed because, it, and not at you. Well, let's be fair. I was yeah, laughing yeah, at you. Laughing yeah, at you. At yeah, I was laughing I at you. But but um, but yeah, I'm laughing at it. I'm laughing at you being in a scenario where you could mistakenly (laughs) do heroin because to me to me to a person who doesn't like that's like that's a very avoidable thing is what i was thinking (laughs) like 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 i've never mistakenly done heroin (laughs) you understand it couldn't almost happen like i'm trying i don't think it could happen and so you're (laughs) in you're you're living but here listen Let's let's back up for a second for all the moms that are listening right now and are getting ready to run their head through a wall, thinking their little diabetic kids are going to do opium one day. Uh,
1: yeah. I, I know. Yeah, I yeah. Know. Don't I'm worry, so don't worry.
0: Hold on, because <laughs> it, first of all, fair's fair. I think you get to at least cocaine without the diabetes. Yes, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, that's.
0: Yeah, you 100%. were not set up for success, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And somehow you're an yes. attorney. I can't wait to figure out how that happened, but um but but anyway like the the idea that um you know,
1: yeah, yeah i know i know
0: <laughs> i don't imagine that this wouldn't happen to some degree i just think i think of your i hate to say this like your your life sounds like a bonfire to me and hmm. pe- and things just kept getting thrown on it like like yeah, you yeah, could have been yeah. born to two people who weren't drunk all the time right Mm-hmm. And then they don't model yeah. that behavior, and you don't get those, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe some of that genetic, like, predisposition. And then you go sure, in a completely different through. direction, right? But then yeah, once absolutely. you start doing it, like, like if my kids were doing – if my kids were drinking when they were 12, I'm fairly certain I would have been aware of it. and then oh,
1: I, no, I have no doubt.
0: Yeah, and then I would have done something about it had that happened. Mm-hmm. And so right. – but you were in a position where they were like, I wish I could, I, mean, I know we're not using your name because it this is it, it, sometimes it's unnatural not to use someone's name, but you're in a position where yeah. like your father came in, found you passed out and was like, look, I don't know. I don't want the chicken hamburger helper over here that we're having to get cold. So let's just get her out here, yeah. sober her up and keep moving, <laughs> you, you know, like that would stop most people's lives. And so yeah. once you don't see any pushback, then you're just running forward. And now mm-hmm. you're around a bunch of, I mean, is it fair to say wealthy white kids?
1: Yes, yeah. um, you caught me. Yep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> wealthy <laughs> I'm just, white. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I, I, you got you got what they call white people problems when you start talking about you know, I, it's not my fault. There was think, just so much cocaine at the bonfire party. It's <laughs> that's yes. you know, um, so you're you're around enough money to sub to to hold up this lifestyle and then I don't want to cast aspersions but there are sure. I'm going to cast them pretty hard so hold on a second I, I, I didn't even I mean can, te- I
1: can take it Well that. it I
0: wasn't even it. about you by the way it was about mm-hmm. the culture overall <sighs> Obviously it's not everybody yes. okay but there is a culture where people make too much money for their own good their kids are rolling mm-hmm. around in BMWs when they're 16 they've got cash in their pockets and nobody's paying attention <laughs> to them. Sounds I had like a
1: you're... BMW when I
0: turned 16. <laughs> yes. See? Remember you said keep guessing, Scott? I get you. Don't worry. Yeah. So, um... yeah I know. <laughs> and the reason I bring that up is just because I've seen it mm-hmm. sometimes, too. Like, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, my son once said, you know, can I go to the shore house with these guys? And I was like, no. Like, no. Like, their parents yeah. weren't going to be there. And these kids had unlimited access to cash. And I was like, no, you definitely can't do that, you know. Um, But I was stunned by the number of people who were allowed to do that. I'm stunned by people who say things like, oh, it's cool if they drink here. They're going to do it somewhere. That's not true, actually. There's a way to keep your kids from drinking. It's not that hard, actually. You control their life. (laughs) You, you know, you don't want to make a hard decision that makes your kid mad at you. I get that, but don't mm-hmm. tell me there's not a way to like manage a 14 year old into not doing cocaine. You can swing that. Yeah, that's not a heavy yeah, lift as a parent.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's not, and I and I think it's worth mentioning too that there's plenty of the of the kids that I grew up with that had an enormous amount of resources to sort of fund. A lifestyle that would allow for them to be participating in this act, these activities that we've several have died. You know that's where that goes is overdose. That several are struggling to this day and can't get out of that addiction. And it's you know it could have been avoided. Well, it's that that's what's really sad. Yeah,
0: it's a gluttonous mindset, right? And and without checks and balances. Yeah. Because you're a child and you have nothing, (laughs) there's no speed bumps. So you're just Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do a thing and then it happens. Right. That's it. I'm going to do a thing and then it happens. I'll do it again. I can afford it. I can do it. We can drive to it. Mm -hmm. You know, like that that sort of thing. And you feel autonomous because you have the things. You have a car, you know, you have access to money, and then there's no, you can't govern yourself. Uh, Honestly, it's not that much different than social media. Like if you...
1: Yeah, I haven't thought about it that way, yeah. but
0: yeah. You drop TikTok on an eight-year-old, then they're going to be doing Lizzo dances in no time and not paying attention to their homework. Like it's not—it's not, not that yeah. hard to figure out, really. Uh, and so, um, yeah. And and people aren't going to like to hear that because a lot of people are involved in it. Parenting is difficult. It's really hard. Right. It takes a lot of your time up. It takes a, a lot of your resources, and it is going to encompass a portion of your life large enough that you will look back and think there are things I didn't do because I decided to be a parent. But you can still have a baby and be like, ah, give her a car. She looks like she'll make it. (laughs) Do do your parents, do you speak to your parents?
1: I adore my parents. We are incredibly close. And we, you know, the picture that I've painted so far, to be fair, is not where we are. At this point, everybody has sought help. And yeah. as a family unit, we've just, I think, having been in a prior, things were pretty shitty and um, everybody checked out and, you know, the 12 year olds running around like <laughs> doing what she wants. And it's night and day mm. at this point.
0: Mm. No, I, listen, it's also very kind of you to come tell a story like this that you easily could have buried and kept behind you. So. Um, it is really nice. And, and I, like, I don't know, like it's, it's hard not to hear it and just think, wow, try a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, and, but at the same Mm -hmm. time I could, I could take the other side of this argument and tell you that your parents probably have significant issues of their own and it got away from them and they couldn't handle themselves, let alone another person. And they probably gave you a car because they wanted you to be safe. And they probably gave you money because they didn't want you to get stranded somewhere. I'm sure there was a lot of good intentions behind what they did. Um,
1: Of course. And, and you know, honestly what it was and what I've come to recognize it being as I'm become an adult is they felt a lot of guilt for me that I had to live with type one diabetes. And Mm -hmm. so they thought that material things would make it better, but
0: here we are <laughs> and just leaving you alone yeah. would be some sort of a gift not to not to like lord over you
1: right yeah right
0: you need a little lording over when you're a child you know somebody's gotta yeah every once in <laughs> a while someone's yeah. gotta point to you and go hey listen see this stuff in the cabinet it's not for you i'm gonna tell you a terrible story right now here but well, you yeah. can judge my you can judge my dad okay mm-hmm My son texted me this morning, as I think we said on the recording. He's lived alone for, like, two weeks. And he sent a text that said, like, hey, I got up this morning and realized I left a burner on on my stove overnight. And it's, like, an electric stove, and it was on, like, halfway. And, I mean, it didn't end up being any kind of an issue. But but he shared it with us because he was like, I can't believe I did that, you know, and, like, like, I, 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 everyone knows what that feels like. The first time you walk into your kitchen, you're like, oh, my God, that burner's been on for three hours. And you just, you feel that, like, that, like, rush of, like, I, I'm so glad we're all okay. You know what I mean? Like, Thank it's a little God. thing, but yeah. everybody yeah. gets that feeling, right? So I mm-hmm. said to him, I said, well, this is good, n- no harm, and you'll never do it again. You know, it'll stick in your head now. And then we started right. kind of, like, joking back and forth a little bit, because I am a person who I always warn people about the oven being warm. So like so don't, <laughs> yeah. don't don't laugh at me. Hold on. This is a nice story. And so oh by the no, way, this I, is no, a really no, nice really, yeah. it's a nice story right till it's a horror. So just hang in with me for a second. <laughs> I would oh, yes, th- have throw in with you here on the uh, honesty thing today, okay? So like okay, I'm okay. if I take a pot off the stove and I move over to the sink, if there's anyone around me, even though they're seeing me walk away from the stove, I will gesture at the at the thing and I'll say, hey, that's hot. Or if I take something off and leave food in it, and when they come up to serve themselves, they'll go, hey, that that's hot. Like I'm very much about, I don't, it's just, it's in me, right? Like a rule. Like I would never walk into a door in a house. Like people who don't lock their doors, I don't understand how that happens because I yeah. don't cross a threshold without locking a door. And I don't know why. Astounding. Okay. So yeah. but back to the the uh the oven thing. Do you know why I'm so cognizant of the uh, the oven being dangerous?
1: Um, I've got to imagine you've had some sort of interaction with an oven before that did not go well, but that would be a guess.
0: I grabbed at something. My father stopped me. And then to teach mm-hmm. me it was hot, he held my hand over the fire.
1: Oh, my gosh. Wow. See how
0: terrible that is? Yeah. And I don't That's drink. Terrible. Who knows why? <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, why am yeah. I not? Why am I not 12 years old? Crushing up barbiturates and putting them in whiskey. Like, seriously, like, I don't know why it happens to some people and not to others. It seems wrong, doesn't it? Like, I should at least have had a little bit of a problem. Don't you think?
1: I know, you missed out. <laughs> like,
0: I, now I want to be clear.
1: Hey, it was a lot of fun.
0: It's a childhood memory. I don't think he barbecued the skin off my hand or anything. I don't, I didn't have a second degree burn, but he scared the living shit out of me. While he had a yes, hold of my yeah. wrist and he was moving me towards the flame, I'm, I, I probably listen, horrible. here's probably what really happened. I probably got anywhere near the heat and he probably pulled it right away. But I'll tell you what, say what you will, I'm all about oven safety. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and, oh, by the way, please, I am not telling anyone to do that or that I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I was just, I just wanted to outline that, you know, Nobody's parents are perfect, and and it's no, bizarre. No. It's bizarre to see that something can happen to one person and then happen to another, and their lives go in completely different directions. It's ridiculous, right? right. Like it, re- it really is. It's it's interesting. So all right, so let's not glamorize your hellacious life, but you're saying yeah, that through your twenties, through your twenties, acid. Mm-hmm other things like that, like you were going pretty hard, like through college, right?
1: Uh, Yeah. And, you know, I I think I did have two years of sobriety. I was a member of of AA, very active one. And I think that that time is what truly saved my life. Like, even though I'm not still a part of that program, pumping the brakes and getting a sponsor, a woman who could sit me down and be like, look, you've made a fucking mess of your life and <laughs> we need to do something about that. Like I am forever grateful. And it was a consequence of getting a DWI when I was 21 and which is driving while impaired. is what we call it. in the state that I live in, so like a Dewey. Um, but that, that truly is what finally, finally pumped the brakes.
0: And that, that legal issue moved you towards taking care of yourself.
1: It it did. And, um, you you know, what's funny is that I was so upset about how my parents were going to react. I was just thinking like, they're going to be so mad at me. And the way that they found found out is that my driver's license, it still had my home address because I was off in college. It had my home address back home. And so legal stuff started getting sent. You know how lawyers, those lawyers, they'll start sending you like yeah. stuff in the mail. To And my dad comes up to where I was living to talk to me. And he was driven there by my mom, which was weird. Like that was not a normal thing. And he's like, yeah, by the way, I just got a DWI as well. So we both got DWIs at the same time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just a little commiseration then. And, yeah. and and by any chance, did you get a buy one get one free with the attorney? No,
1: that's a shame. No, sure didn't. That's so. a shame.
0: Uh, so <laughs> even in, so, yeah, is that interesting? So are your? I don't even know how to put this. Like that's an interesting decision by your parents. Like, like I don't even think I would tell you that. Do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't want to normalize yeah. it for you.
1: Yeah, I. I think it was more. You know, I'd never really thought about that being a weird decision for them to make. Um, I think that they thought that I would probably figure it out because if I typed in my last name into the court calendars to see when my court dates were and stuff, my dad's name would pop up. And so I think they just figured I would figure it out anyway.
0: Mm, So interesting. Oh, my God. All right. So, yeah, you get moving in the right direction. You go to grad school. Mm -hmm. I guess you got to go to law school, right?
1: So I take some time off between undergrad and law school which I'm grateful for, worked just kind of, a, I did fast food. Um, I did, worked in like a grocery store, a local grocery store chain. I did all sorts of stuff to sort of figure it out. And I'm glad I did because uh, I finally got to experience what the real world was like and kind of get some experience under me that I, I needed and has been so helpful as i've gotten older and in my professional life.
0: Yeah. Well, i mean so you got grounded basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, you yeah. found a way you found a way to like live the way people are supposed to live with some responsibility and not everything just falls in their lap and
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, expectations and yeah, yeah limits.
1: Yeah. yeah. And i always worked um like throughout high school and college, I was I was always really, really good. I was a great student, top of the class, and so I always worked really, really hard academically, but maybe other things I was sheltered from looking yeah. back. You were, and doing, I, yeah, you were doing that's yeah, you were doing the things, things
0: that you were supposed like like to continue on on the we're doing well, like gravy train, like get good grades. Learn how to do something where you can make money, so you can buy yourself your own BMW one day, like that kind of
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's expectations set, but no, like no real world perspective. Yes, interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what kind of law do you practice?
1: I do family and criminal law.
0: Do you ever bump into people where you're like, oh, I did this one,
1: yeah. Y- y- yeah. Hmm. Honestly, and I bump into people that I grew up with.
0: Oh, wow. Do they and look just, at you like you made it up, out? I don't
1: I don't know. It I think that they I truly don't know.
0: Do you th- has anyone ever looked across the courtroom at you and went, "Hey, I did heroin with that girl one time. Don't listen to her."
1: <laughs> well, we thought it was opium. I would you know? love I just um, want
0: that so that that's how you would answer like, "Your honor, listen. In fairness, we thought that was opium. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and we were 16, you know. It's not that big of a deal. We were dumb. No, no, not at all. I, I think that I don't want to speak for them too much, but I, I think what I've encountered with them is that they feel a sense of shame, and I hate that for them.
0: A couple of people I grew up with got into cocaine when we were in high school and i kind of just distanced myself from them as i saw that happening and one of them lived a pretty a fairly tortured life through their 20s and 30s and and you know into their 40s and then pulled themselves together and became an attorney and then made a family and had a baby and then had a heart attack and died at a very young age and the heart attack is generally speaking attributed to the 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 beating that they gave their body from the drugs and um, right. it somehow was and this isn't right it should have been this the story should be sad the whole way, but it's sometime it somehow was sadder because he had pulled it together right you, you know like it, it just it struck me harder that way, which isn't fair to people because people who have not yet pulled it together they could. Right, like, just he got lucky and met a person who helped him, and and everybody could have that, you know. Like you, you had your exactly you got your DWI, and that helped you. And so, yeah, did you turn? Were you able? Like, my my one question I forgot to ask you back then is that when you decided to make a a change, you didn't know anybody to go to. So right, so if it wasn't for the, I'm assuming the court orders the AA, and then you meet a reasonable person in AA. Is that how it happens?
1: Yes, they ordered AA and um, intensive outpatient treatment.
0: Because you're not surrounded by any reasonable people prior to that.
1: Um, <laughs> even if I was, the their voices were not as loud as all the others. So,
0: so you need I to be scared and do it on top it of that. Yeah. Yeah. And the legal trouble scared you were? Or, or the parents knowing that you were doing that stuff. What scared you more?
1: I think realizing just how out of hand it had gotten. I think it had normalized to me because I had been doing it from such a young age that it never occurred to me that the decisions I was making were destructive, not only to myself, but now we've got innocent people on the road. And here I come. Um, I carried a lot of, of guilt about that. And I never wanted to put other people in that position again. I I think I finally was just the shame had always been there, but it, it was bad. And when they put me in the drunk tank and I didn't really have anybody to call to come get me, I was just like, I, I can't. Keep doing this. I've I've yeah. got my whole life ahead of me, and I'm not getting anything positive out of it.
0: I think if uh, and this is me after an hour talking to you. Well, that's not fair. An hour and twenty minutes, twenty minutes where you couldn't make the headset work in an hour <laughs> while we're <you're> recording. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think one of your superpowers might be that I think you genuinely are a nice person.
1: Thank you, and I I would like to think so. I I do care a lot about other people. I really do. Almost too much. And I just, I think too, I've always been an incredibly sensitive person
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and I've just wanted to, at times when things, when the going got rough, dulled that out a little bit. There's too much to But have. Too much, yeah. but, but, uh, there's other ways of doing that.
0: Yeah. Like Healthier hey, ways. go for a jog
1: oh god no Mm-mm.
0: could be one of those scary <laughs> jockey people that jog at like six in the morning and five in the morning and like you see them and you're like why is that happening and then you know now they're just trying to stop themselves from doing heroin <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mistakenly yeah.
0: yeah well well i'm sorry on purpose and, yeah opium yeah, yeah but, i think i
1: just i <laughs> no, you're you're fine yeah no i i've always just been a, a sensitive from the time i was a child until i mean that's that's who i am just trying to find my place in the world and getting kind of bumped around while doing it and i did have stuff in my life that just like we've already alluded to lit a match and threw it on the gasoline that was already there and it took it's taken a lot of work to undo that but I, I really, I, I don't think I would change anything. I do think the lessons and things that I've learned along the way have, are what helped me to help people that I could easily see myself being in in their same position mm-hmm. and, and sort of an empathy and a compassion for people that might otherwise not be shown it by um, whether it be the justice system or society or what have you that there's always something more going on beneath the surface and, and sort of trying to understand what went wrong in their lives and how can I help them without judgment.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's needed in the world, and there's not enough of that. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe you went through your thing so you could provide it for other people, you know, uh, and it sounds what you're doing too. No, there's, I, I don't think there's many babies that come out and are predisposed to have problems their whole lives. You know, like you 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 get there through decisions that adults make around you first and you know, that could be anything from you know, you know, nature nurture like all that stuff, honestly. And you were able to finally yeah. like back out enough to see yourself too, which was a big it, it just shows like what value there is just pausing sometimes. And just stepping back right. and evaluating yourself, you know? Um, yeah. Did you – I have a couple of questions around diabetes. People are like, oh, good, fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I listened to this diabetes podcast and there's a how-to on how to do heroin. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> or how not to, rather. By the <laughs> way, if you're a kid and you're listening, like, if this story doesn't make you think, I am not doing cocaine or heroin – I don't know you were going to do it anyway because I mean this is a this is a tale of what not to do. Uh but how were yes. you possibly managing your blood sugars like when you were loaded?
1: Yeah. Um you know I used to take a lot of pride in that and which, which might be like a little sick, I don't know, but I've just I had a lot of really great resources young starting out a lot of education surrounding diabetes I had a fantastic team I had a mom who was a nurse and helped me understand how everything works and so the diabetes was never really that much of an issue I knew how alcohol would affect my blood sugar I knew what I needed to do to be safe it just was fortunate enough to have such good resources that even on even when I'm you know wasted, I it's like autopilot. I know what to do. Yeah. And I'm I'm and look, I'm there's there there were times when you know there was some close calls, and I don't know why that those were not wake up calls for me, but, but for the most part, I had it under control, which was exhausting, honestly, to have to balance that on top of the diabetes.
0: Yeah. So, um, like low blood sugars that were dangerous, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Things where you're like later, you're like, Oh, I almost died.
1: Yeah. My dad actually, I was at a house party. It was a, a PJ party. So that's like a kind of a drink where you pour every kind of alcohol into a cooler and sugar and load it up and all that. And I was sixteen, I was in high school, and my dad had to come and carry me out of the the party. I had passed out, I was unconscious. Couldn't really tell you any more about what happened, but fortunately there was another type one diabetic there who help me and was like no we need to call somebody i really truly think that if she hadn't have been there nobody would have done anything for me
0: yeah they and would have just the thought the outcome you were drunk. Would have been horrible. They, yeah they would they would have thought you were drunk and they just would have left you big mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah i heard a story like that once um about a kid in college who got loaded. nobody around him knew he had diabetes and his parents had to like drive hours to the school to like collect him from the floor of a house and take mm. him and take him to the hospital and they only just they couldn't get a hold of him and so they just drove to where he was um right. yeah well that's the horrible uh okay so yeah. uh, my last thing to ask you like my last upbeat question is you somehow had a eating disorder in there as well
1: yeah. Um that and self harm, just checking all the boxes. Yeah. So I think I was getting messages as a as a girl and pressure to look some type of way. And you know, I've never I've never been overweight. I don't know, but it's a it's difficult it was a difficult struggle and I I put so much weight on like a number on a scale. And I think that that came from the diabetes. I think I became so obsessed with what my blood sugar was, uh, you know, and attributing that as a, a judgment on my value as a human being. And so it would, I would say that diabulimia and anorexia were almost like, don't want to say a natural outcome of like that obsession and stuff but i definitely attribute it to to that if that makes any sense
0: it does for you and i mean that like kindly but because those same pressures don't send some people in that direction like that's the thing that i'm endlessly fascinated by when i'm talking to people and i'll bring it up sometimes like when i'm talking to erica uh, about some of the like more mental health stuff, but I—it's fascinating that you could put two people in the same pressure cooker and one of them comes out one way and one comes out the other way. Like your story, yeah. I listen. There's a person out here, out here somewhere who's like, oh, I, I had alcoholic parents too, and I, and I just like I went the other way, and you know, I I I was great with my numbers too, and there was a lot of pressure, but I never felt like blah blah blah. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just it's yeah, it's it's somehow. Like I'm using the word fascinating, but it's it's sad. Like it's it's just like why does it work this way for somebody and not that way for everybody? So it, se- it seems unfair, right. honestly. If, of all the things, and what do you like? Like, I, listen, I just saw a post on the Facebook group last night where a mom was looking for a, um, a facility to take a child who um, who came to her and said that she was anorexic, and so. Mm-hmm what do you think parents should be looking for and then what do you think they should do when they see it what would have helped you
1: you know i i think that's a great question and what i immediately think back on is when i was younger in fact when i was about 12 and back then there was no getting like your a1c back the same day that you go to the endocrinologist mm-hmm. what would happen is you would get a letter in the mail maybe two weeks later that tells you all the good news or bad news. And I, I remember getting this letter where my A1C had gone up a little bit. I couldn't tell you what it was, but in all capital letters, the doctor wrote, this is bad. This needs to change and and stuff like that. And I just cried and cried because I knew how hard I had worked and that I was having a difficult time
0: Yeah.
1: and from it's stuff like that, that writes on the slate of who you are. And so I started to attribute that as my value as a person. And I think that while parents need to be honest with their kids, you know, this blood sugar is high. Like, here's what you need to do. We need to work on it. Or, you know, maybe eat eat this instead of that. Or this affects your blood sugars in this ways. Keep it general. Like, don't try to ascribe good, bad, right, or wrong to these numbers. Because I know myself and many other diabetics really internalize that. And it adds like this, shame that is so hard to just snap out of and I've carried that with me for a long time and got the help I need with needed with it but not without getting some bumps and bruises along the way yeah
0: I would add and point out that you should handle it that way whether you think your kid is the one who will rise above this or not because you very well may be wrong about who they are Right, and, and even though we're not using right. your name, if people could see you, they still they'd be stunned that this is your story. And I know that's <laughs> not exactly like I don't know people are like what does it matter what people look like? It, it it matters in this situation because I know what you look like, and you don't look like this mm-hmm. happened to you. You don't like I yeah. I don't I don't know how to put that into words, but you are not the one that I would have put this on. Do you know what I well- mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. and so it's always interesting. I, you know, obviously my husband knows the story, but I'm really good at like like I said, I'm a bit of a of a chameleon, and um, it's yeah. <laughs> you know, that's
0: my that's my point, by the way, is that if if somebody's listening to this and thinking, "Oh, that's not how my kid's gonna handle this," like you might not know. You know, you might
1: not know. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to essentially say is that, especially going to diabetes camp, I mean, some of the best friends uh, I've made in, in this world I met at diabetes camp because one week out of my life as a 12, 13, 14, even 16 year old, I was normal, quote unquote, normal. Yeah. If you didn't have diabetes, then you were weird. And so we have really strong bonds. And I can tell you that not, not all of them, but I can point to particular ones where I see substance abuse. Like, I I think that can be a part of the puzzle sometimes for people. And, and so just to, and like, it's not automatic and it's not everybody, but just to be aware that some of us are really, really good at hiding this. And uh, we just, don't want to let people down. We don't know how to ask for help. And, and I just want parents to know that sometimes it's okay to interfere with your, with your kids and and say, look, something's going on. What is it? And they might push back, but they need that
0: yeah, if you just lock them in their room without their phone for a couple hours, they'll break. It's not a bit; it doesn't take them long. Yeah. Yeah, they'll just be like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. ah, I don't know where Instagram is, but I, I'm i gonna have to come clean now. Uh, you know, there have <laughs> been plenty of people who have come on here, uh, a handful at least, and said that, you know, they've had eating disorders, diabulimia to be specific, and they learned how to mm-hmm. do it at diabetes camp. I'll never forget a woman yeah. telling me I'd, I would have never known that I could have done this with my insulin to lose weight with my insulin and my food to lose weight, had I not gone to diabetes camp, and that's where people showed me how to do it. So even that's a coin flip. Yeah. Everything's a coin flip. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's your episode yeah. name. This is After Dark Coin Flip. Well, oh, that's perfect. Coin flip. That's great. Uh, I'm so happy that I came up with that, because all my only note is LWI, living with <laughs> living while impaired <laughs> is what I had. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with coin flip. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I like it. right? It's just that, I don't know. You know what I mean? You, have you ever gone out in the heavy rain and like put a paper cup and running water and watched it go one way and ran down to the bottom of the hill and got it and brought it back up and done it again? And the cup ends up on the other side of the road. Like, that's just sort of I how. I can't
1: it, say I have.
0: Well, it's because <laughs> you grew up in a time where people had digital stuff to keep them busy. But uh, I was bored out of my mind. And uh, we used to do stuff like that all the time. Like, we'd go make little boats in the house and then race them in the rain and stuff. And I can remember as a kid thinking, like, why doesn't it always go to the same place? And um, that's how it makes me feel talking to you. Like, I feel like if I could have grabbed you when you were 11 and ran you back up to the hill and dropped you back in again, like, you might have come out somewhere else. Really, yeah, really but there's
1: weird. no no way to tell, you know? Yeah, and I love your um, attitude
0: that you're like, listen, I went through it and here I am. Because, by the way, you're a respectable person now, right?
1: Yeah, Mostly? yeah. I mean, I would, I certainly, yeah. Certainly. Um,
0: yeah. A Little cocaine once <laughs> in a while, what are we talking about?
1: <laughs> I mean, like, I would never buy it, but if it's offered, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding
0: yeah make sure you tell people your jokes Um, to keep your job yeah yeah Um.
1: just yeah i mean because who who can tell at this point but uh no and and you know i think that i behind the scenes you know certainly had in the past was doing things that were just like whoa okay but always maintained appearances of, of being one way or the other and respectable and i would argue like i've always been respectable deep down, but now I'm someone, now I have self-respect. Like that's what I'm getting at is that I respect myself. I have a wonderful husband. I want to have a family and I respect myself to take care of myself, to be there for them as long as I can and to, and to show up and, and be present. Like that's what it's all about. Presence of mind and not trying to check out because At a certain point, it's, you know, it can get kind of selfish. And I don't want to call people with substance abuse issues selfish there. That is not what I'm saying at all. But people who love you and care about you want you to be present with them.
0: Well, I have a couple of questions. Is your husband like, like, what's the what's the yin and the yang here is like the worst thing your husband ever did is like he sold candy bars once in middle school and kept one of the candy bars for himself? Or does he have a similar past (laughs) to yours? Like which way did you go when you were picking?
1: I think we we could uh, keep up with each other in the past. Gotcha. Yeah, but he, both of us are sort of like come out the other side, and unfortunately, have because when you spend a lot of your life involved in in that sort of scene, you not everybody makes it out alive, mm-hmm. and that that's a coin flip, honestly. Yeah. I why why am I still here? Why? You know, and so I never want to lose sight of that and be grateful for that.
0: Mm-hmm. You Do you have any fear that you'll have a baby one day? It'll come out riding a water bong and dabbing.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, I don't think fear is the right word. I think if that happens that I am so equipped to be spot it and like <laughs> my husband and I joke all the time like our kids are not getting away with shit like <laughs> we, they're never going to because we're so, you know so in tune with, with what that looks like mm-hmm. and know the impact that it had on us as we were younger and so honestly most of the fear that I have about my kids is just that I I, I don't know no fear yet, mm-hmm. but I'll let you know later. <laughs> will you <laughs> drink? Happens. Will
0: you drink in front of your children and, may, and normalize drinking?
1: Mm, that is a question that I had never asked myself. I, I hadn't even thought of it, honestly, and it makes me wonder if you would ask my parents that question when they were contemplating becoming parents.
0: How your life might have changed. Know
1: what to say either.
0: Yeah, but it might what? have really, it, But it might have really changed your life.
1: It it might have, yeah. and, and look, they were they were only doing what was done to them, and oh, yeah, because you know, generation after generation. Yeah. Well, um, listen, you but, go back
0: a couple more generations, everyone's drunk. Seriously. Right. No, I'm yeah, being, I'm being exactly. serious. Yeah, everyone's smoking cigarettes yeah. and everyone's drinking in the '60s, like you know '60s, '70s, like right in there before that. Um, all those poor, you know, there's people that came home from World War II. Like, there's a lot going on in there. There's the the Korean Wars in there. Vietnam's in there. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of people like medicating themselves through that 50 year swap in there, you know. But I was just wondering, because it's funny. Like, I mean, it probably makes it sound like I'm like, if you drink, you're bad and your kids are going to be addicts. And I'm like, I I don't think that necessarily. But again, you really want to flip that coin? Like, it might come up heads, you know. And so you got to make a decision. I I will tell you, I will say something that I probably shouldn't say on here but whatever. That's there, okay. <laughs> there are people in my close family my children have never been in a car with them. Mm-hmm. And when my children asked why they couldn't get in a car with them, we told them it was because they drink and drive. My kids have always known that's why they're not allowed to ride in a car with those people. So, I think that's we never like we didn't demonize them about it or like paint some horrible picture that they were bad people. It was just very matter of fact, they you know they drink a lot and you never know when they're going to be drinking and so i can't put you in a position where they'd be in control of you in a, in, a, in a moving car and um and that's it yeah so i've always looked back on that decision to tell my kids that and to actually follow through because there were a couple of times where there was a lot of pressure and yeah, yeah. and we always stuck fast to it and i actually feel like that's part of the reason why my kids have the feeling they have about alcohol like i think that it was it was Model, yeah, and I, I to tend that. to
1: remember, yeah. In fact, I tend to remember an episode where you, you spoke about um, I think Arden was with a friend of hers, and they had the family had gone out to dinner, and the parents were intoxicated, and she did not want to get in the car. Is am I remembering that correctly?
0: It's very possible, although I've recorded like 950 the yeah. of these, so. <laughs> I've also forgotten things that, as I've been reminded of them, I'm stunned that I can't I don't remember. so it's it's hard for right. Me. I will tell you when we're done recording, I'll tell you one that like flipped me out that I, I completely forgot that threw me off. But here's the problem. I gotta go. I have another recording in a little bit. I'm so sorry. If you only That's could really have figured fine. out that headset sooner, we could have gone a little longer.
1: That's <laughs> okay. no worries.
0: You're really delightful. You too. No, you're lovely. Thank you. i have had a great time. Yeah. I appreciate you doing this very, very much. This is, My uh, pleasure. this is the, you're the first person who's been like, listen, I was drinking when I was 12. I, pre- yeah. <laughs> I, no, I and I don't mean that in a funny way. Like I've laughed at you for reasons no, that I'm yeah. sure people will be mad at me for later. But, um, I, I appreciate you saying that. Like it's, it's, it's not that uncommon and somebody should say it out loud once in a while, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's and just not, I,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know. To me, it's not worth the chance. I, 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 you know, maybe you have a good argument. Like those of you who would be like, oh, if they, they're going to drink, so I'll have them drink here. Maybe that's a good argument. I don't know. I, I chose to go with nobody's drinking. And, uh, because you're I 10, think, yeah. you know what I mean? Or because you're 15 or because you're whatever. And, you know, anyway, I listen, I, I let me say this too. I don't give a shit. Do whatever you want. It's it's a matter, of sure. yeah. I mean, seriously, I don't care. Uh, but it's it's still it's the way it strikes me.
1: I think it's not worth flipping the coin and just let kids figure it out. Um, I I, I don't ever want to normalize it the way that it was for me, and so I'll I'll leave you with that.
0: Plus, think of how exciting and fun it will be, like thirty five years from now. How old will you be in thirty five yeah. years? You'll be like
1: 70 68 oh. I'll be like 68
0: yeah okay. imagine you 68 sitting your like 29 year old kids down and being like hey here's a thing daddy and I never told you and then tell them about the time <laughs> you smoked heroin by mistake because you thought it was opium <laughs> Or let them listen to this podcast. Be like, I don't know if you guys know this, but years ago there used to be things called podcasts. Let me just get this out for you so you can listen to this real quick. That's mommy. Yeah, I know. And um, anyway, I'll see you in an hour and a half after you listen to this. Like, just think of watching their face while they listen. While they're just like, 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 w- w- like, imagine your kids taking off futuristic headsets and turning to each other and going, hey, at least she wasn't having sex when she was 12. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it just, oh, it'll be so much fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, I'm still trying to get my headset to work still 35 years from now.
0: Eh, well, exactly. You'll still have problems with technology, but your kids will be like, that's why there was no vodka in the house. Get out of here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Hell, yeah. I get it. I get it now. No, that'll be so much fun yeah. to tell. Please do not tell them before their brains are solidified. <laughs> like, that is...
1: oh, I can give you that.
0: Oh my God. Uh, well, I appreciate I listen again. This was terrific. Thank you very much. Hold on for me for one second. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I want to thank my guest today and then I want to thank Omnipod for sponsoring this episode of the Juicebox podcast Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox go take those pods for a test drive or just get started with the Omnipod 5 Ooh, with the Omnipod dash you can't decide but you kind of know what you're thinking about, right? You want the algorithm or don't you? You want the five? You want the algorithm? You don't? You want the dash? You're halfway there. OmniPod.com/ juicebox. Get your seats to the Touch by Type One of ev- Touch by Type One event. Get your seats to the Touched by Type One event at Touched by Type One.org, and don't forget to find them and follow on Facebook and Instagram. I'll see you in September at Touched by Type One's big event. A diabetes diagnosis comes with a lot of new terminology, and that's why I've created the Defining Diabetes series. These are short episodes where Jenny Smith and I go over all of the terms that you're going to hear living with diabetes, and some of them that you might not hear every day, from the very simple bolus up to feet on the floor. Don't know the difference between hypo and hyper? We'll explain it to you. These are short episodes. They are not boring. They're fun. And they're informative. It's not just us reading to you out of the dictionary. We take the time to chat about all of these different words. Maybe you don't know what a Kusmal respiration is. You will when you're done. Ever heard of a glycemic index and load? Haven't? Doesn't matter. You'll know after you listen to the Defining Diabetes series. Now, how do you find it? You go to juiceboxpodcast.com, up top to the menu, and click on Defining Diabetes. You'll be able to listen right there in your browser, or you'll see the full list of the episodes and be able to go into an audio app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to them at your pace. Download them into your phone and listen when you can. The Defining Diabetes series is made up of 51 short episodes that will fast forward your knowledge of diabetes terminology.